Welcome to the Staffordshire Football Show. Dedicated to covering all aspects of football in Staffordshire. From local clubs to grassroots initiatives, the show delves into all corners of the sport. Providing comprehensive coverage across the county. This is your go-to source to stay connected with football in Staffordshire. Here's your host, Luke Powell. Welcome to the first ever Staffordshire Football Show with me, Luke Powell. In this month's episodes, we're going to be hearing from a host of clubs still involved in the Staffordshire Senior Challenge Cup and Warsaw Senior Cup, as well as Kath Lafley from the Staffordshire FA Board of Directors as we look ahead to the Staffordshire versus Homophobia Month of Action. 28 teams entered the Senior Challenge Cup and the Warsaw Senior Cup, and now just 13 remain across both competitions. Let's start with Eccleshaw, who will face current Senior Challenge Cup holders Russia Olympic in the quarterfinal early this month. They've beaten Wolf Sporting and Port Vale in previous rounds to get to this stage. We set targets before the season began, obviously, especially in the past, where we were probably come November, we were nowhere near happy enough with. Um, we had a little bit of a reset, brought a couple of extra lads in, started getting lads back from injury. So, yeah, looks like we turned the corner. I mean, take each game as it comes, but we're happy with where we are at the minute. I think the years I've been at the club, this is probably the toughest league that we've been involved in. I mean, this year, every side's decent. And if you don't turn up on the day, you know, you don't get a result. So, we had, like I say, we had targets. But I think we've been a little bit shot by the quality of some of the opposition, actually, this time around. Have you been impressed with their attitudes then, despite things not going their way? I mean, I know speaking to a couple of lads, uh, even when you make them train on the weekends where they haven't got games, uh, but they're still up for it. Yeah, and to be honest, their attitudes are getting better through the season, if I'm honest. You know, I've done things like dragged them gym sessions, made them run in the rain. Yeah, so for the lads to do that off their own accord, on a Tuesday, usually set them their own run, and most of them are doing more than I have, I've asked. And I've always said to the lads, if you run through a brick wall for me, I'll do the same for you. And at the minute, I, I can't fault any of them. That's great to hear. You, me- you mentioned how it's done out of everyone's own expenses. Being a smaller club from step six, from, from your perspective, what are the main differences that you notice between yourselves compared to like a step three club, for example? Um, probably people's commitments. You know, we find little things like the Christmas period, for example, lads will go on the Christmas parties and miss a game. People probably find it a little bit easier miss training. Little little things like that, really. Like you say, it's commitment, really. Our level, I'd say, it's probably a little bit more than just a hobby kind of thing. It's, in, it's a bit of a bridge in between a hobby and then, like you say, another job, really. So, yeah, probably commitment, a bit professionalism. It's tough, really, because we are really professional considering the level we're at, but then, you do your facilities as well. You go to some clubs and the facilities are nowhere near what I think they should be really for this level. Yeah, and you mentioned fixtures. That's a, a good point. Do you look forward to this time in the season really when it slows down a little bit because they come thick and fast at the start of the season, don't they, for you? Yeah, I guess it depends how you start the season really. We started really well the first month or so. So we were invited the games and then when we hit a bit of a rut, you're thinking, oh, we could do with a week off really. We could do with a postponement just to regroup just have a bit of a session on a Saturday, whereas, again, over Christmas, it went the other way, where we were flying again. We got a real good bit of form behind us, and we've just been stop-start. I can't remember last time we played two Saturdays in a row. It's just we've got absolutely no momentum. So, if I'm honest, I think I prefer game after game. Just once you do it form, you keep your momentum. Fair enough. And going back to big clubs, you beat a big one in the Staffordshire Senior Cup first round. You beat Port Vale. Uh, how much joy did this one bring you? 
Uh, a lot of them are these because I'm a Stoke fan. I've been a Stoke fan since I was six years old, so it's always that little bit of personal needle. But it's it's more for the club than for me personally. I was absolutely delighted. You could you could see from the reaction of our committee members at the end of the night again, absolutely delighted. You know, it come at a good point as well. We had a couple of poor results, and it, I think that might be one of the nights that kicked us on. To be honest, I know Vale sent a few younger lads, and so be it. But you know, five or six of them have made first team appearances, so it's it's a big scalp and. We were that good on the Nars. It'll be that's one of the best nights I've had in football, without doubt. Yeah, some of those players going on to make professional debuts and sign professional contracts, which is fantastic. And you mentioned that, so it has to. Is that up there as your favourite, probably game that you've managed and took charge for for Eccleshaw? Uh, it's definitely up there. I mean, I, I do love a good derby day when when we play Rabi Oltons, when we played Foley last year. That they're, they're always nice to win. Beating Broughton this season, you know, I, I do I do love winning the derby day. If I'm honest. Well, you've got another big game coming up there in the Staffordshire Senior Cup, Russell Olympic, the holders in the quarterfinals. How much are you looking forward to facing them? Um, well, looking forward to it. I don't know if that's always a juice, but <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for the tie. We we know it's a massive, massive ask. Um, obviously, it'll depend on what kind of side they bring down. But I looked at the previous round when they played Litchfield, I think it was, and they went full strength. So we're under no illusions. That is, we couldn't have asked for a tougher game, really. I mean, we've got home advantage, at least. So that's one thing. If we can get people behind us and we can make it a difficult evening for Russell. But we know we're going to have to be at our very, very best to come close to getting a result. Yeah, finally, you mentioned home advantage. How extra big are games like this for clubs like yourselves with the opportunity to make that extra money and get people in at Eccleshall and increase your gate number? It's massive, really, because... You know, there's in our league, there's no no secret that people do ask for playing budgets as a manager. So, if I'm going to go ask our chairman for a bigger playing budget for next season, you know, we need these nights. We need to get people through the gates. The Vale game, we doubled our average attendance just in one evening. And all it takes is five, ten new people come, enjoy the evening. And the next thing you know, you've got them hooked and they become regular supporters. So, yeah, it's really big. You'd like to think Rush are going to bring a few fans down. So, again, if we can just, we've got to be looking at doubling our average crowd, which, like I say, would be massive for the club. It's not just on the gates. You get money behind the bar and the tee-ups. You know, you just get a little bit of extra interest in the club, which is massive, really. Another appealing tie in the competition is Stone Old Lanians against Stoke City. Stone beat Newcastle Town 2-0 in round one to set up a tie with the Potters. Stone reached the Senior Challenge Cup final back in 2022, losing to Stafford Rangers. Here's an interview with their manager, Luke Askey, who scored in that final. It's um, it's taken a bit of a downturn recently. We've, we've not won in five league games. Tried to sort of uh, G things up in training yesterday and... Uh, uh, I don't really have, a, have much to say after training or or about anything, but it's probably the worst sort of run we're on uh, since I became manager two and a half years ago. So it's we were looking pretty good about the start of December. Um, Mid table could push on, and then obviously not winning in five. We when the teams down there like Dudley, who've, who we lost to on Saturday, they they're on five a five, a five winning run now. So they they. Uh, They've caught us. They've actually gone past us now. So it's it's beautifully at the bottom, and then obviously it's it's whoever doesn't want to be in that second bottom position. And and if we carry on throwing games away like we have done, then uh, then that's where we're going to end up being if we if we're not careful over the next three or four. Um. So yeah, not not great in terms of in terms of the league, but um in terms of cups, we've we've got it all to play for. Uh, JW Cup and Staff Senior Cup quarterfinals. 
Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. Are you concerned then about where you are in the Midland Premier League this season or do you think it's just a rocky patch that you're going through at the moment? Yeah, I'm massively concerned, obviously, that we don't want to go backwards as a club. We're building up all the other facets of the of the club in terms of kids' teams and volunteers and, and everything behind the scenes. And uh, the next step is looking for to improve the training facilities in school that you, that you went to at Lanes and... Um, and then the next step would be getting a ground of our own uh, in in the town, but we don't want to go backwards on on the pitch. And and at the moment we're alongside five or six other teams, we're in contention for coming coming second bottom. Um, even though we're, we're seven points clear of Tiverdale, but but they've got games in hand. Um, so we we need to start picking up some points, and we need to do it in the next month. Um, so we, we've got we've got nine games to in the next month, in, including a couple of like I say big cup games. But it's it's those league games we need we need to just make sure we're we're in the division and we and we want to do that by March. We we don't want to get to April and still having to be looking for yeah. for, for points because that's when it starts getting a bit a bit dicey and it's it's something we haven't experienced. I've never experienced being down there for Stone. It's always been top end of the league or safely mid table since we got to this level. Um, so it's uh, it's a case of probably sticking to what we know and going back to picking lads who we trust and hopefully they get back to playing as they have been the last two years and um, so just tried to remind everyone of that yesterday that we don't start doing stuff you you haven't done before and uh, stick to what you're good at. Hopefully things do pick up for you. Focusing on the positive sides and the things off the pitch, they're all going fantastically. So. How good is it to be a part of those things? And focusing on what you said about moving back to Stone, how eager are you to do that then and to play as Stone Old Lanians in Stone? Yeah, it's um, it's something that the club hasn't hasn't done since uh, I don't know about about the turn of the millennium, uh, and that's when the, the the first team were playing in the the bottom staffs division, uh, Div One, Div Two, and they could play on a on a parks pitch really, so they could play at these play the out lanes. Um, other other pitches like that around Stone. A lot of the a lot of those pitches have actually disappeared around Stone and been replaced by by nothing really. Um, and then the club, the first team moved to Dominoes, Stone Dominoes, and that's where we the te- the first team picked up three or four promotions playing at at, at Yarnfield. But still, that again, that's not Stone. Uh, and then for one reason or another, we decided to move on from Yarnfield, and we had to move to to Mere Heath, which is it's only two or three miles down the road, but. To, to get the backing of the town, uh, a lot of people are football people in Stone, but probably not Stone Lanians people, but probably go and watch Stafford Rangers or they go and watch Stoke or they go and uh, they might even go further afield than that. But it's I think it's key, it's key to getting the youngsters watching who will in turn get get parents and and people who can just walk in from the town and and, and come and watch the team and and get and get their friends and, and family involved with the club in, in whatever capacity. So I, I think it's massively key. Um it's just it's it's tough that there's no land left in stone really uh, to buy, which probably in hindsight the club should have done a number of years ago rather than just just renting season to season. But I suppose that 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 came from the, the men's first team not being at a great level uh, until m- more recently. But yeah it's it's massively part of the plans. whether we can do that in the near future or the or the more medium term, uh, it's something that that we met about on Monday as, as a club, as a as a committee, boys, girls, uh, men section. We all met to to try and and the, the main point of focus was how do we do it? There's there's a 
couple of strategies or theories on how to do it. And a lot of effort's been made by, especially Richard Jones, in the background of the last three years in collaboration with the school um, at Lanes um, to try and improve those facilities. And and we've also got the other option of, of trying to buy somewhere in and around Stone to, to sort of to, to do up. And with the, I don't know, thousand members we've got now at the club, it's it's something we can actually do. Whereas before with one men's team, we, we didn't really have the, the interest or the sway with the council or any way of sort of raising those funds that you'd need but now it's it's probably a possibility not nothing against uh Mia Kay and the Reenies that, that are currently hosting us but it's it's obviously key to have somewhere of your own which a lot of league teams have found that out recently when they've sold the ground it's it ends up being a downward spiral after that and it's the only way of really getting your own income yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully that all goes well. It's great to hear all the work that's going on in the background towards that. You said earlier on about the success you've had in the Cups this year. You must be very pleased to have a quarterfinal tie in the Staffordshire Senior Cup coming up and to be facing Stoke as well. How exciting for the whole club on a whole. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, it's obviously a competition we've done. We've done okay in, in, the, in recent years and got to the final a couple of years ago. Uh, and Stoke's a great... Stoke's probably the one that everyone wants. Um, because it, it probably just gets an extra couple of hundred on the gate, touch wood. Uh, it's something we're really plugging with our kids' teams and giving them all free tickets um, to try and get them all there. And the last time we played them, we got a decent crowd, sort of 250, 300, which is, which is good for us. And it would have been a lot more as well, but the, it was the, one of the worst conditions I've ever played in. It, the game almost <laughs> abandoned after about 70 minutes. And it's it's a tie where Stoke, Stoke will put out a... A 21s, 23s, few 18s probably, but you you never know who you'll be playing against. I, I think last time we we lost one nil against Stoke. Ollie Shenton scored, who'd been in around the first team, and it was it was one of the first games Nathan Collins played as well for Stoke, who's obviously gone on to two bigger and better things in the still playing in the Premier League. So it's it's a chance for us to get more people from Stone there. Um, to see if they if they like coming to watch us, and hopefully they, they stick around. And also, obviously, people get to have a look at Stoke future future players or or future Premier League stars that will be playing the first few few games against against men. So it's it's great for the for the players for the Stone people, and uh, like I say, hopefully they get to to see a couple of people they might recognise in a in a couple of years. Yeah, that's fantastic. The Staffordshire Senior Cup providing great aspects for everyone, really, all round. And we wish you all the best against Stoke City. Um, finally, you've got experience as well in the Staffordshire Senior Cup final. Now, it didn't go your way, unfortunately, but a goal for you. How did it feel when you edited your side into the lead at Burton Albion against Stafford Rangers a couple of years back? Yeah, yeah, it was um, a great start for us. We, um, we'd obviously done really well to get to the, to the final that year and beat... Uh, leak, leak in the semi-final, Hensford, Kidsgrove, uh, so obviously higher higher level teams, um, and we got to the final against Stafford Rangers. And and to be fair, they they played really well. I thought and didn't really give us a sniff after that first ten minutes where I headed he one headed one in off a corner. It was obviously a great feeling. Thought maybe we could just hang on till half time, um, but um, Tonk scored for them about two. If we'd have just hung on for half time, we might have had a chance. But Tonk scored from outside the box. Um, he played well that day and uh, just for half time and that's sort of we never really recovered from that and they, and they kicked on and scored two two second half but yeah it was it was a great great occasion for everyone to play to play at Burton Albion I think that was the 
the one and only one at Burton. We, we were probably thinking at the start of the season it had been at Stoke or Vale as normal, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a it was good ground actually for for this for the capacity for the for the for the fans that turned up because it was sort of everyone in one in the one big stand they've got. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good occasion. We we probably didn't think there was any favours that we'd had, I think we'd had a month off by that stage. So yeah, it probably that that probably didn't help and and. It, he, he didn't help me. I, I had to go off injured in the second half because I was. I tried to play with a calf injury and I probably should. I probably shouldn't have really. But <laughs> I think we were, we were we were quite short on uh, on a squad by then. I think we, we picked up a few injuries at the end of the season. But uh, no, it was it was a great occasion and uh, hopefully we can repeat it this time. Kids Grove Athletic are the current top scorers in the competition so far, having scored ten goals in the previous two games against Brockton and Stafford Rangers respectively. That said, that with a quarter-final tie with Walsall Wood at the Autonet Stadium on the sixth of February, here's manager Scott Dundas's thoughts. Um, yeah, really satisfied with the start of the season. Um, like I say, we got off to an absolute incredible start, um, and then, like most teams, um, ended up getting injuries, suspensions, and it just. From that day on, really, we just haven't really seemed to get a settled team or get the players back. And there's been a quite a lengthy injuries as well that we've lost. We lost the spine of the team, really. Um, and now we're just basically hanging in there. Um, it's a funny league, the Northern Premier is. It's um, especially Division One. It's everybody just beats everybody. We said it from the start when we were having a good run that you could win seven and you could lose seven and. That's more or less what we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned those injuries. How frustrating then are you for for a manager, and especially this season? How frustrating have they been for you? Yeah, they, they've been frustrating because they've been long term injuries um, to key players. We lost um, obviously Ollie Jepson went to Bury, um, and then in the same week we lost um, Josh Thorpe, who's centre half, and Declan O'Rourke, and, and then um, we also lost. Ernie Afosu had been outstanding for us in the first seven or eight games. And also Jake Lovett and Andy, Aaron Bott, who were, I think they'd had eight or nine goals between them in the first five or six games. So, you know, it was, um, it was a big blow to lose basically the spine of the team. As we're speaking right now, though, you've got the second most uh, goals in the league so far this season. So this has this been a strength to your side so far? Uh, this year, yeah, it seemed like at the start of the season, we just everything we were hitting, it was going in, and you know we were we were scoring for fun. Um, and only recently, I think against eighteen seventy four, we beat them five nil. Um, you know, but the other the other games have been a lot closer, a lot more like they were last year: two one wins, two one defeats. You know that kind of thing. So, um, but at the start of the season, the goals were definitely free flowing, and. Um, Obviously, when you lose two strikers and then you have to bring other strikers in and they have to adapt and then you get players coming back in drips and drabs, it um, does take away the impotence a little bit. Well, you put six past Stafford Rangers as well in the Staffordshire Senior Cup first round. That must have been a very pleasing display for you to watch from the sidelines. It was, yeah. We've had um, two games in the competition already. We first went to away to Brockton. We were flying. Um and that, that was a great game. They played really mm. well on that day, I think, 4-3. Then we were 3-1 up with about five minutes ago, and it ended up 3-3, and then we scored again in the last minute. 
And then, like you say, we went to Stafford, obviously didn't know what we were expecting. I think Dave had just taken over and I think it was uh, having a look at some of the younger lads that day, which um, obviously helped us out massively. Uh, and then, um, say, we just um, just turned up and um, scored quite a few goals that night. Um, obviously, they only had a couple of first-teamers on. Uh, scored quite a few, six, in fact. I mean, you talk about the squad that Stafford field. It'd take nothing away from how your side perform to go to a side higher up in the divisions and win so emphatically it must make you feel very good about the squad that you've got it is yeah because when you look at the staff senior uh, staff senior cup you always look at um stafford rangers uh, rush all olympic and they uh, try to avoid them really because you know obviously they're in the leagues higher than you and um you know that everybody else is more or less in and around uh, where where you play on a saturday so you know, to get that draw away at Stafford, we were thinking, well, you know, it could be a tough one here. And then, obviously, they're not having the best time uh, themselves this season. So we always went with a little bit of confidence. But, you know, to, uh, to like I say, to put a performance in like that, um, it was very good. And some great goals as well, as you, as you probably remember. Yes, you mentioned great goals. Next question. I think from Jordan Cole, uh, to describe it for the listeners, it was from outside the box and it looked to be going well wide at uh, first glance, but it had some insane curvature on it and went into the top left corner in the end. How incredible was it to see that strike from the sidelines? It was a pretty special goal. Yeah, we were right behind it, as you can imagine, like from the dugout uh, perspective. Um, like I say, it looked like it was going wide and then... He just put a bit of swaz on it and he just ended up getting in the top corner for Gay's hat trick. And um, like you say, I, I think he, he came on that, that game um, after about 10 minutes, got his hat trick, and then obviously got in the side a little bit, got a couple of goals against 1874 um, the other week. Um, and then unfortunately for him, he, he, missed, he missed the trip away to Clitheroe on Boxing Day, which we won't talk about Boxing Day trips with kids' group. It's. Uh, it's <laughs> been a bit of a nightmare the last couple of years, but um, yeah, he's uh, just got now fired his way back into the uh, starting eleven. It's only eleven months to go until you can have another shot at a Boxing Day game. Thankfully, <laughs> um, the Staffordshire Senior Cup staying on it is a good thing about it. The fact that you get to play different sides in different divisions that are also higher up around the county in the competition. It is. It's good. I, I, I really like the competition. Like you say, you get. You get your teams in from two leagues below and you get your teams in from one and two leagues higher, uh, three, I think, with um, Rushall. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's always been a great competition, I think, and you just keeps your season going because I think you from December, norm, normally, I think we normally started December, we were just in a little bit earlier this year, uh, which we were surprised about because we got to the semi-final last year. And then, um, then we played in the extra prelim round um, at Brockton. And then... Um, it just keeps your season going because I think then you play December and I think our next one's beginning of February. It's supposed to be like January, February. So that's beginning of February and then your next one's March and then I think the final is in uh, April time, uh, which we're obviously striving to get there. Yeah, that leads me to say, is that is that where you want to get to? You're targeting maybe some silverware this season and to go all the way in the tournament? Yeah, well, I said to the lads, um, I think we got knocked out of the quarterfinals last year. Uh, sorry, the year before. We got knocked out of the semifinals last year. And then, obviously, the goal is now trying to uh, try and get to that final. You're going one better each year. Well, Walsall Wood are your next opponents uh, in the first week of February. How challenging do you see this one being for you? 
Yeah, it's um, we've played a few teams from that level in the FA Cup and the FA Trophy this year, Gresley Rovers and Sutton Coalfield, Lytown. Um, so, you know, we know quite a bit about him. Um, one of my good mates used to be the manager at um, Walsall Wood, but he's since, since gone to Ensford. Um, and I've seen that uh, me and Long's taken over. He used to be at Alva Church, so they're going to be uh, very good, very tough opponents, as Alva Church always were when we used to play. Uh, play against them, um, so yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I think they've um, they've got a few games coming up because they had a tremendous run in the FA Trophy. I think they got to the second or third round, so you know they're just playing a bit of catch up in the league games. So I think they're playing Saturday, Tuesday now for the next um, next few weeks, and then I think we finish off with a game against ourselves on the sixth of February. I think it is. Yeah, you mentioned there uh, one of your good friends being Harry Harris that'll be now at Hensford Town. You said good friends. What's your relationship like with them? Yeah, I know Harry quite well, but it's Steve Inks, really, who I know uh, quite well, known him for years since my me, me Stafford days. Um, obviously, we've always kept in touch. Um, he's been here, there and everywhere, in, in management and um, mm. Caulfield and places like that. So, yeah, he's... Um, to be fair, with them coming into the league, we speak quite regularly um, because they're always like Southern-based uh, with Harry and Steve, they, you know, so I give them quite a lot of information about the teams up this area. And obviously they've been given a massive task of getting Ensford out to that bottom two uh, spaces. So we played them twice now, so any help I can give them, I will do. Oh, play good on you. And... Kids Grove, then, how much are you, are you enjoying it with the club? What do you love the most about Kids Grove and Flatow? Um, it's just like uh, just lately, you know, the uh, the fan base is increasing. Um, Nick Fitzjohn, who just never stops the work behind the scenes. Um, you know, every think every season I've been there now, I think three seasons, and each season there's like been a new stand built or there's been. Um, a new sponsor suite built. Um, still talking about uh, revamping the old dressing room and clubhouse, which would be massive for them. Um, obviously, this takes time and money and uh, dedication, and you know that that's the one thing. Um, I was always successful as a player at uh, Kisgrove, and obviously, just like to replicate that as a manager, really. Um, you know, try and get a little bit of silverware, and like I say, the staff senior cups are a massive opportunity to do that. Yeah, you mentioned the progression off the pitch. You must be very pleased to see and be a part of this. Obviously, with non-league football, it's very important to keep moving forward to keep yourselves sustainable for the future. It is, yeah. You know, we we, we play within a mean, so to speak. Um, you know, we're competing at our level uh, with teams that are getting six, seven, eight, nine hundred. I mean, Chase Town the other week, I think they got 2,000 in for the game mm. against uh, Mansford. And, um, you know, we, even when we were doing well at the start of the season, we're lucky, lucky to get 250, 300 through the gate. Well, finally, going into the run into the end of the season, then where do you want your team to be uh, come the conclusion of the season approaching the summer? Um, like I said, when we won the first seven games of the season, if... Um, Somebody offered me fifth fifth spot now, and then you take it uh, to be in them playoffs. Um, first season I was in charge, we we were tenth, and then the second year we were eighth. So you know it'd be really good to try and stay in there and try and compete with the big teams in there. And um, 
hopefully just try and get in them playoffs and then you just never know what will happen once you're in there. One of the ties of the Senior Challenge Cup quarterfinals has got to be Chase Down versus Luke Town. Chase Town have been waiting an age to find out their opponents, but it was finally confirmed in recent days as they beat Hensford in round one. We can hear from Leek Town chairman John Eels, but first, here's Chase Down assistant manager Jamie Hawkins. It, it's been really good, um, as you can imagine. Uh, you know, as, as grateful as we were to Bolmer St Michael's for hosting us um, for the for the start of the season. Uh, there is no place like home, um, and even just having a, a settled base for training nights um, for injured players to get treatment and things like that. It's just, uh, it, it's just so much better, you know, being back in your own surroundings. Um, and I think the, the, the work that has been done at the ground, you know, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. And I'm, I'm not sure if you, if you managed to get along yet, but the actual, the, the whole arena, really not just the playing surface, but there's, there's an awful lot of work's gone on um, around the whole club as well, which, you know, has, has really, really kind of made the, the club a, a, a top, top place to to play football and, and as a, a community venue in general. Yeah, you mentioned that. I think it's what phase two we're on now uh, with the ground renovations. So how important do you think those improvements have been to help the sustainability of the club? Um, I think it's paramount. Um, we, we were fortunate to have a, a, a very good grass pitch um, and you know the, the 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 quality of the playing surface was fantastic. However, as you know, we were limited to the number of teams that we could have on the on the the, the pitch at, at you know during any week. And then of course that means that the, the the wider football club is only ever open on a match day. You know, whereas already whilst the the, the developments are still you know really really new. The football club is now a seven-day operation. You know, there's there's full weekend fixtures, regardless of whether it's a first-team fixture. You know, on Saturdays and Sundays, there's girls' football. There's mini-kicker soccer sessions that happen midweek. So, you know, it, it really is a, an all-encompassing programme now at, at the football club. And, and it is already um, a hub of the community. Yeah, you mentioned hub of the community. 2,000 fans at home for step four. It's quite incredible, isn't it? It is, and um, I think our, our uh, press officer Paul Mullins has, has posted some some content recently about uh, average league attendances, and it was it was unbelievable uh, on New Year's Day uh, to get two thousand fans versus Hensford, but even Saturday uh, just gone, um, you know we we topped six hundred fans, uh, and I think that that already, you know, in in our short time of being back at home we've had a, a, a really strong following and it's really boosted our averages up in the, the kind of the, the attendance league table as well. So that's been really, really positive. Yeah, you've had a couple of uh, nice local derby games over the Christmas period. How much have you enjoyed being involved in them? Yeah, they're always great, aren't they? And I think with with us being in the, the North West Division as well, um, the, the, the local derbies, if you like, are, are a little bit more few and far between. Um, Hensford is naturally the, the most local derby um, but yeah you know over the Christmas period and, and more recently we've 
we've traveled to Hanley and Nantwich. Uh, we went to Leek just before Christmas. So they are our, our more local opposition. So it, it, it's nice to go, you know, pitch yourself against what are your, your closer league rivals, I suppose. And you mentioned both you and Mark have got great connections to the football club. How is how good is it working with him? What's your relationship like? And you both have a strong passion and love for the football club as well, don't you? Yeah, I mean we're 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 very very close away from football, which helps. Um, there's naturally times we disagree, um, but you know, as as the role of assistant manager, I always kind of take it upon myself that it, it, it's my job and, and Chris Slater as well and John Burt and the, the rest of the management team. It's our job to challenge him at times. Um, but then ultimately, you know, Mark's the manager and, and he's the, the one that makes the final decisions. Um, and then when that decision is made, we're all on the same page and we, and we back it 100%. Fortunately, you know, we, we do operate as a management team and, and that is the wider management team as well. Um, fortunately, we've we've been able to make more good and right decisions than we have the, the wrong ones. Um, and long may that continue. Yeah, leak flying high at the top of the table. Is that where you want to be then? Do you want to take Chase Town to that next level? And do you have those ambitions of driving the football club even further forward up the league? Obviously, in a playoff position at the moment, is it going to be a long-term thing or...? Definitely. Um, I, I think that any manager or management team, if if you say why are you know why are you involved, um, it, it has to be to progress. It has to be to get better. Um, whether that be on a game by game basis or you know the bigger picture really then is is looking to win things and you know try and gain promotions and, and better the level of players, football clubs. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's been an ambition of ours to to try and achieve promotion we, we we missed out narrowly a few years ago in the Midland League in the playoff final but you know the the league that we're in at the moment is relentless um, and we know that it's going to be one hell of an achievement if we're we're to compete long term and, and be up at the right end of the table that said we're also you know confident within our own camp that that we do have the tools you know in within the football club to to hopefully be in that conversation come the end of the season. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic job at the moment and also to be in the quarterfinals of the Staffordshire Senior Cup and the Warsaw Senior Cup. So you're chasing some silverware and some cup success this season as well. Yeah, um, I mean, it, the, the Senior Cups are, are important to us. Um, as I say, you know, Mark and I have managed together for, for quite some time and one thing that we're we're you know keen on is trying to trying to pick up some silverware um you know we we have as i say we've we've had relative success and you know people may say to us oh you, you're doing a great job you're doing this you're doing the other but you know if if our manager management career finished tomorrow what have we got to show for it um so we want to make sure that we are you know, competitive as we can be, and you know the the aim. You know, we've we've just talked about you know promotions and things like that, but you know, winning some silverware for the football club would would be uh, a high priority as well if if we can achieve that. 
fantastic to hear. We wish you all the great success in that. And finally, I don't want to single out any players in the squad, but one in particular I want to ask about is Danny Glover. Now, you picked him up when he was probably on a low coming after out of a tough time with Hensford Town, uh, managing them down there at the bottom of the league table. He's come into your side and he's, he's had a good effect, would you agree? He's scoring some goals and is it good to see him flourish in the side, not having to worry about management and just playing as a player? Yeah, it is. And and I think that, you know, in, in the recent games and, and probably it coincides with, with our turn of form, if, if I'm honest. I, I think you've seen a, a Danny Glover that's, that's free again. Um, I mean, he'll be the first to say that, you know, he, he can probably now appreciate what, what we do, you know, the other side of the, the white line. And it's it's busy. You know, the, the players come in, you know, twice a week for training and then on a match day. But then when they're away from the football club, they have the, the joy of switching off. Whereas, you know, when you, you're on the management side of things, it, it's a, a seven day, you know, almost 24-7 um, if you're not speaking about things, you're thinking about things or you're, you're watching games or you, you're trying to do little bits to, to give you that edge. Um, and I think, you you know, you're right. We're, we're now seeing uh, a, a, a free, a fit, you know, and, and a Danny Glover who is enjoying his football. He got a couple of goals on Saturday, um, you know, and, and he's been a real asset to our team. That's the thoughts of Jamie Hawkins, assistant manager of Chase Town there. And here's what League Town chairman John Eels had to say. I think everyone realises this year our, our focus is on the league, but um, we, we do enjoy playing in the Staff Senior Cup and it provides a great opportunity to give players, you know, minutes who wouldn't normally get many minutes in league games and get a look at them as well. Good example of that last night was Ethan Smith, who's uh, on work experience with us from Salford and popped up with two goals. Absolutely. So when you have players like that in the squad, are you looking at them and thinking, I could play some league game? Absolutely. I think that's what you know the manager had in mind. Um, on Saturday, it was nil-nil. Up until the last you know minute, we scored right at the death. And he felt as though, really, he didn't want to put a young lad in, you know, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the end. Uh, you know, we were, we were looking to take a point and see what we could nick. Uh, he, you know, he's a young lad, 17, he's attacking, probably needs work on his defensive um, area a little bit. But, he, you know, he was good last night and got a chance. Yeah, is developing young talent then something that, league that you want to do quite uh, often and something that you're really interested in uh, bringing up younger players through into the first team? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's carried on the good work that, that Neil did, the previous manager, you know, who was with us for six, seven mm. seasons. We'd always got a very good reputation of, taking younger players from pro clubs on loan and, and you know, giving them minutes and adult football and those those clubs looking how they, how they went on. I mean, you know, you look at three or four of the, the crew first team at the moment, they've all had spells at Lick on loan. Offered, Billington, Adabalese. Um, so, you know, it does work well. And you said just a couple of moments ago that given how well you're doing, obviously, in the league this season, that, that would be your focus, but how nice would it maybe to be add some to add some silverware as well to that? It would be lovely, but we have a, an awful um, an awful record of the staff senior cup, <clears throat> particularly in finals, where we've I think we've had, we've been in the final eight times and only won it once. Last last year we were very very unlucky against Rochelle Olympic, uh, you know very very close game and they just scored with about 
10 minutes to go. Um, it was not to be, but we'll give it a go again this year. Yeah, I was at that game. Now, Russell, who've gone up to the National League North, you must have been very pleased back then to give them a tough task on that day. And that showed your level as well, didn't it? Yes, it did. Uh, you know, you wouldn't have thought there'd be two leagues, you know, difference between between the two teams. Uh, you know, they just got that extra little bit of quality in front of goal and crafted that chance towards the end of the game. But yeah, we were apart from the result. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a good night. Proud for the club. Well, hopefully this year can be your year. In the league, though, seven points clear as of time of recording at the moment, top of the Northern Premier League Division West table. You must be delighted with that lead at the top. I am. Um, I'm, I'm very grounded, so I'm not getting carried away. Um, you know, we have been in this position before. You know, the worst probably season was 1920, you know, 2019-2020, where we were in a similar position with eight games to go and they curtailed the league because of COVID. So I'm not taking anything for granted. It was a very, very, very tough league. And we've got some really tough games between now and when we finish uh, last weekend in April. Yeah, you, you say it's a very tough league. Would you agree? Uh, step four and in particular, the West Division of the Northern Premier League is one of the most tough and competitive leagues out there to get out of into step three football it is, it is, and we've been in there for you know four or five seasons now, and not managed to get out. Um, it's it's a great league to play football in, um, because of the travelling, and we all get on with each other in terms of you know, officials and um, different clubs. But it's it's very tough to get out of. But uh, at the moment, it's a strong possibility for you. So how exciting is that prospect, and is it something that, that you've desired at the club for a while? Yeah, it, you know, without without wishing to sound presumptuous or, or, or arrogant, it's something, you know, we've set us all out to to kind of compete uh, for top six every year. And and this year, particularly because there's no Macclesfield in our league, it, it is a lot more competitive. So I would imagine us, Prescott or Runcorn are probably the favourites to kind of take that top spot. And should you progress to step three football then uh, how good has it been for you to be a part of that progression and rise to the top uh, I've been a, a supporter since I was uh, you know 15 16 um, I'm, I'm 56 now so I've been following them 40 years uh, I've been the chairman the last eight seasons and we've had some you know very big highs and very big lows in that period yeah. um, so I'll you know I'll be delighted if we can get up not, not just for myself but for everybody involved in the club and the players who work really hard yeah, absolutely. You mentioned uh, that you've been a fan since you were young. Does that give you that extra bit of passion and care about the club, uh, being the chairman? Um, I think so, uh, but you know, I, I wouldn't. You know, you know, we're very well supported. We've got five hundred people come regularly to games, and and they're a passionate bunch. Um, <clears throat> just because I'm the chairman, I'm supported from from sixteen, doesn't make me a bigger fan. But we, mm. you know, we are all fans. That's why we do it. And you've got fantastic facilities at Leek now. How much has that been uh, a benefit and a beneficial factor uh, towards your rise to the top and hopefully towards step three football? And we've always had a um, kind of philosophy that the, the money doesn't just have to be spent on the first team. It needs to be spread around on the facilities as well. So we've always looked to improve the facilities year on year. Um, the ground grading is ready for two leagues above. I'm not saying we could ever get that you know, that far again, but, you know, that's how good the facilities are. Um, the 3G is very well looked after and it's got a bounce mat, so it's it's a, it's a much truer 
um, playing surface than, than other three Gs. We're very proud of that and we're very protective over it as well. One can dream. Now, top of the league <clears throat> uh, and top scorers with 57 goals. Do you think league's ability to find the back of the net this season has been uh, the key to success for you? It, it has, but I've just been writing some notes, you know, for the next programme and we've done seven clean sheets on the bounce in all competitions. So, I don't. I think. I think the goals are catching the eye because with the, with the high scorers, but certainly since um, our last defeat at Runcorn, which was a a very um, wet and sorry night, a five 0 defeat at Runcorn, we we're undefeated ten uh, ten games in all competitions with um, eight clean sheets in that period and seven on the bounce. And finally, big game moving up this weekend. You've got Nantwich Town. So how much are you looking forward to this one being a more local game and uh, meeting between the sides and hoping for another three points as well, which could see you one step closer towards hopefully gaining that promotion? I'm looking forward to it on, on two counts, uh, really, Luke. Um, the great people at, at Nantwich and uh, we get on with them really well. Um, they actually um, borrowed our facilities while theirs was being renovated for the 3G. So we, we have a good working relationship with them. But uh, and because of that relationship, we're all going out for curry afterwards. So that's a, a you know a double thing to look forward to for the game. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, is 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 that something really good about non league football? The relationships you can build with people from other clubs and like that, and you can just sit down for a curry afterwards and have down to earth conversations with everyone. It is part of, of the whole experience for me, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if I didn't in, enjoy that um, social element to it. Um, we all work very hard. We're all volunteers. We all respect each other off the pitch. We're fierce rivals on it, but you know, after the final whistle has blown, it's great to have a, a pint with someone and, and, and talk about their experiences and, and what's happening at their club. Absolutely, a lovely sense of community. Have you got any ideas what you were going for then when you go for your curry? Um, I'm, I'm very. I like a chicken, um, a chicken tikka green masala if they've got it on the menu. That's my kind of go-to. Wonderful. Hopefully, you got three points alongside that. Uh, well, thanks for joining. <laughs> yeah, I'll us settle us. for the three points over the green masala. So, <laughs> brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us on the Staffordshire FA Football Show, John. Uh, and hopefully, we'll see League moving up into Step Three football sometime soon. The Women's Challenge Cup is now at the semi-final stage with last year's finalist Stoke City and Sporting Calcer facing off against each other, whilst Newcastle Town hosts Leake Town in the other semi-final. We spoke to Sporting Calcer women's manager Andy Mulligan. I think from the perspective of, of getting through the rounds, it's good. It's been able to get, you know, the players' minutes, etc. And uh, and yeah, you know, just, just moving through the rounds, basically, and trying to get, you know, to, to where we want to go. Which is uh, which is be as successful as we possibly can in every competition that we play in. Yeah, I mean, obviously, last season was a was a you know it was a tight um, contest, and unfortunately, we lost the the final on penalties. But I think it was it was a really good game. I think you know, end to end, and lots of chances and lots of goals, and you know, great spectacle, like you say. So yeah, you know, I think I think for us, it's. As a club, we've we've moved forward, you know, quite dramatically over the last couple of seasons, and you know we've been very lucky to attract the quality, you know, the quality of players that we've got. We've got some really good relationships with tier three teams, where we've got some real young talent that's been on loan, and obviously that you know raises the bar, and and just lucky to recruit really well in the summer. So you know we'd like to think, and again, no disrespect to the girls that are involved 
last season for Sporting Kelso, but we'd like to think that we are stronger than we were last season, but we understand the test. We know Stoke are obviously, you know, stronger as, as well. And obviously new manager come in and lots of changes there and the development of, of football that's happening at Stoke. So we know it's going to be a tough competition and, uh, and again, playing away and obviously playing, you know, playing at Stoke's going to be a completely different test than, than playing on a neutral pitch. Yeah, we've we've done some research and and we know that they've obviously got some really individually talented players that if we let them have time and uh, and space, then they'll punish us, you know. But I think that was very much the same message as last season. So we're aware of their threat, but we're also aware of our threat as well. And and ultimately the confidence that we carry, just looking at the last couple of seasons. I mean, obviously last season in the final, you know, and lucky to lose, but. But also the year before, you know, we had a semi-final at our place and we we were nil-nil for the full 90 minutes and unfortunately we lost one nil in extra time. So I think the girls really, the belief within the squad is that, you know, we can we can push it as far as, as we want to really. It's it's the belief within the squad is that we, we want to pick up from last season, but but also show, you know, immense respect for for Stoke because, you know, they're a tier three team, we're a tier four team and and we know it's always going to be a tough test. We need to be on the top of our game. And we know that, you know, like I say, going to their place, they'll they'll have a little bit of an advantage that, you know, they're playing on their their, their home pitch, which is grass, and, and we play on 3G. So, you know, that can always be a little bit of a factor. But I think, you know, in the occasion, in a semi-final, anything can happen. Yeah, know, know them well, because obviously Leica in our league, you know, we've played them this season in the league. At home, we've still yet to play them away, and uh, and we know Newcastle well as well. You know, we played Newcastle. I think it was in the quarterfinals of last season before we then went on and played Lichfield in the semi-finals. So Newcastle are an ambitious team that that are coming up with some good talent, and again, you know, that'll be a, an interesting tie really in the semi-final. I think Newcastle will be going there very much like we are with Stoke, understanding that we are you know, a lower league team in comparison to the opposition, but feeling confident and, uh, you know, giving it their best shot. You know, they gave us a good game last season, so I expect them to give Leek a, a good game and, you know, it'll be interesting to see who comes comes through that. And finally, February is Football versus Homophobia Month of Action. Football versus homophobia is to challenge discrimination based on sexual orientation, gender identity and expression at all levels in football. Although the staff of Trefe work all year round to tackle discrimination, February is the time of year that clubs, fans, players, football authorities and other supporters are asked to focus their efforts. I spoke to Kath Lefley from the Staffordshire FA Board of Directors. So we're going to be joining forces with both Stoke City and Port Vale during February. And this is to raise awareness around football versus homophobia month. Uh, we're releasing a, a joint video and that's really asking uh, people who involved in football across Staffordshire to join us in supporting the campaign, um, challenging discrimination and then further raising awareness of the, the campaign within their club. Uh, both Stoke City and Port Vale have, have got a, a fixture that's designated to football versus homophobia. Um, and in those games, players are going to be wearing the football versus homophobia T-shirts during the warm up. 
um, again, raising awareness of challenging discrimination um, amongst their fan, fans and, and other areas as well. Uh, Staffordshire Football Association are also hosting an equality, diversity and inclusion back to basics workshop uh, that's taking place on the 22nd and 29th of February um, during the evening. So if anybody is interested in, in having a look at that, um, you, you can you can book that via staffordshirefa.com. In the last year, we've implemented the first year of our Inclusion Action Plan, uh, which is running between 2022-2025. A huge amount of work um, has gone into this, really, with touching on um, a number of different inclusion strands. That's the the work within this is something that we're extremely proud of. Yeah, so I think what we've what we've done in terms of moving forward is we've we've started to really think about key strands of work that are going to make hopefully a significant impact. Um, so just to touch briefly on these. So I think, you know, one, one of the areas is around raising awareness through um, things like marketing. So we've created a detailed marketing and communications plan, um, celebrating good practice, raising awareness of opportunities um, and also demonstrating role models within the community that are reflective across the county. So really that that kind of people like me approach. We're continuing to grow insight, so creating things like surveys, using focus groups, community engagement to gain a better understanding of how people across the county want to get involved with football. And there's also um, an element of this as well that's around addressing the barriers that the community are facing that are maybe keeping them away from getting involved in the game. We're we're looking at what we're sort of implementing currently a discrimination and respect campaign to raise awareness of and instill confidence of the reporting process for abuse, discrimination and poor behaviour because we are very aware that unfortunately this still goes on and it's really important that when these things are happening it's picked up um, and that we are having a, a zero tolerance um, approach to that sort of behaviour. We want to increase participation um, and that is in terms of um, all, all involvement in football. So utilising and understanding insight to proactively engage new members within football. It's also about upskilling. Um, so in upskilling those people who are already involved, encouraging inclusion champion roles um, within already accredited clubs to advocate inclusion across um, communities. Um, I think another key element of this is around advocacy. Um, so building a diverse workforce through education, um, development and inclusive leadership and increasing representation through Staffordshire football. Um, we want to use the um, we want to use the voice of young people to help drive positive change for inclusion locally. That's all for the first episode of the Staffordshire Football Show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time in March for the next edition of the Staffordshire Football Show. Welcome to the Staffordshire Football Show. Dedicated to covering all aspects of football in Staffordshire. From local clubs to grassroots initiatives, the show delves into all corners of the sport, providing comprehensive coverage across the county. This is your go-to source to stay connected with football in Staffordshire. Staffordshire.